Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking a white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. Hello and welcome to the show. It's a great show. It's a terrific show. It's a tremendous show. Frankly, it's the most viewed podcast on YouTube. You can ask anyone. That's what our press secretary says anyway. This is Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right as always by my wonderful co-host Rebecca, Ava Blonde. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Hey there. It's going to be a hodgepodge of madness as far as topics tonight. Uh, I have a long list of things I only halfway understand. So we're going to go with that. Main topics include sorting out fact from fiction in the hysteria, the absolute hysteria surrounding the so-called Muslim ban, which I've learned uh, is neither Muslim specific nor a ban in the permanent sense at least. But, uh, you know, don't let the facts get in the way of a good narrative. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the YouTube controversy of the week between Thunderfoot and Lauren Southern. Shots fired everywhere there. Try to figure that situation out. Talk about the amazing real-life trolling exhibition that is Shia LaBeouf's He Will Not Divide Us art project uh, and his ironic division from free society via his arrest (laughs) this week. Uh, plus a whole bunch of other crap sprinkled in between. You know, if you can't find an A topic, I think 20 B topics will do. <laughs> and if you can't find an A podcast, this show will do. So we'll go with that. It'll be all this and more on your favorite hour listing material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing the show on iTunes. Thank you for keeping us afloat, helping us upgrade stuff on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. Remember, there's more of the show on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, pretty much everywhere. You can find podcasts. You can find us. You can get the call-in show on demand that we do on Wednesday nights, plus bonus material you won't find on YouTube. A couple really cool audio pieces this week. You just got finished on the Here's What I Don't Get podcast, uh, which I listened to and I thought was hilarious. People can check that out. Uh, Friends of the show, Joel Chaco and Uncle Buck host that one listen to that. And I did a, I did an interview with a Navy veteran listener of ours this week about the swift push for gender neutrality and gender neutral terms in the Navy before the end of the Obama administration. So we've got to make sure the world's deadliest killing force doesn't hurt any feelings. Uh, so that was a really interesting conversation. I'm going to post that probably Monday. So you can check those out on the audio platforms. Last thing I teased on Twitter this week, that we secured one of a a person I would consider to be a dream guest for this podcast. So I'm very excited. People made a lot of guesses. Some people were right. Most people were not. And there were some comedy guesses too, but the big reveal, who's going to come on the show next? Who's the next guest? (laughs) 
Dave Rubin of Rubin Report fame will be here Tuesday night. We're going to do a special Tuesday night show with Dave. It's going to be 11 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Pacific for one hour. So I couldn't be more excited. I don't even know what I'm going to talk to him about. But if you got questions for Dave that you would like us to ask, get in touch with me. Uh, we got an hour of his time. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if anything's off limits. We'll find out. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anyway, I've talked too much. How was your weekend? Uh, pretty uneventful. How about you? Uh, I don't know. I've just been watching the insanity develop. I mean, it seems know, like every, well, we're what now two, gosh, we're only one week post inauguration. It feels like forever. There's just been so much cra crazy crap going on. I'm losing track of time, <laughs> but okay. Before we dive into that stuff, we should catch up on fan art too. We, we should. Uh, we did not do that last week. So we got a lot of cool listener art submissions that I definitely want to get through. Um, the first of which here, this art of you, the, the hail the blonde Fuhrer from crypto conservative. <laughs> this is cool art. It is. I really like it. Um, I don't know if this is original artwork. I think that it is because it's got green eyes and some freckles and it looks a lot like me. Uh, and it says that's pretty fucking degenerate. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's original artwork, but, uh, I like it. The more I try to shake this blonde Fuhrer thing, the more that it sticks. Yeah, it's and here, here to stay. we are. Yeah, yeah. You're not ditching it at this point. Uh, <laughs> as illustrated by our next submission here, uh, another another cartoon blonde Fuhrer keeping libtards in check. This from emailer socially accepted. Another great piece of um, Reich inspired artwork. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steven Suarez sent another piece. We talked about this with Steven on the call-in show, but this is his piece of you in a bath of SJW tears. That's very nice. <laughs> yeah, I quite like that one. Nice high-level detail there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just just barely YouTube appropriate. So thank you, Steven. Appreciate <laughs> thank it. you, Steven. Yeah, we love his artwork. I got some. Uh, I got some sweet memes in my mentions about the protests. I just wanted to share some of my pro uh, favorites. This protester medal, the protester participation medal with the safety pins and the snowflake medallion. I thought that was very cool. That coming from voice of uh, voice of patriarchy on Twitter. And then from Matthew Kiff, the peaceful protester starter pack with the ski mask and the black bands and the fist <laughs> and the Donald Trump swastika flag. That's very cool. And then I got like the weirdest the weirdest video clip in my mentions the other night. I had nightmares, um, man. <laughs> this is, um, well, I'll just play it and then explain it. So this is the, uh, this is the beginning of everything, uh, which is, I guess, a Netflix show, but they have their own Snapchat filter. And this, who sent this to me? It was, um, Christina, listener, Christina at a young E Christ on Twitter. Um, I thought I did pretty well. I think I make a good looking tranny, to be honest. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> I God. think I look pretty. Look at those lips. Oh, I don't know. You did look pretty good on Halloween. So yeah, I'm telling Maybe you, this is your future skag. I know I could. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I go through with this transition, we'll definitely, um, increase the show's exposure. So I really have no excuse not to. The live chat is saying that they would tap that. I, I said on Twitter, I'd do me. <laughs> I'd, I'd do it. Okay. <laughs> All right. The, um, the other item I want to touch on, if, if you heard the sweet intro, you heard that great sounder, get your blonde fascist ass out of here over the megaphone. That's actually about you. It That's is, what makes yeah. that great. 
Yeah, Do you want to explain that and then we'll play the context of that? Because this is like my favorite piece of sound and we have know, to, of course, give credit to the guy who found it. Yeah, definitely. His name is uh, Darwin Rollins on Twitter. He uh, did a lot of research for the shooting that was in my last video. Um, but I actually did not even realize that she was talking to me. But in hindsight and after watching some footage, I realized that it was this lady who kept taking her megaphone and getting like right in my ear. She wanted to like blast my ear. Um, but I was just filming other stuff by then. I was kind of like, oh, fuck this lady. And so I didn't even hear her say that. I was just like, la-da-da-da-da. Um, so I was super excited to hear this um, in the footage that he uh, found when he was researching the shooting. Um, this is the greatest, most authentic soundbite. I don't think we'll ever have one that matches it in authenticity. I'm super happy he found it. So thank you very much for doing that research. Here, let's check out this full, the full context here. This is in Seattle at the Milo. Oh, There you are. There you are filming. And just that the, I mean, obviously that's value. There you are filming the nonsense, the degeneracy, but also that it's couched within two, four, six, eight. America was never great. Leave, leave, go, get out. It's never been more convenient. As we'll talk about in a little while. If you want to get deported, now's the time. I know. Go right right ahead. Go to whatever great country you want to be in. Man, We're I think happy the best part of that Lee. footage is the uh, the peacekeeping tranny. Hmm. Did you not I don't notice? Think I that? noticed. I, yeah. I can bring the clip up again. Yeah, p- yeah, play it again. But there was this tranny that was like not passing at all. Uh, just kind of was it at the start the or where was she, it in the? Uh, at the end, you can definitely see her. Okay. <laughs> there, 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 there. <laughs> oh, this one right in the middle. That chick on the right. Yeah. The That's a tranny. Oh yeah, it was like a six foot three man. Yeah. Okay, so huge. yeah, the one that's kind of on the left of the yeah, mask yeah. guy here. It's a huge dude. Huge dude. Okay. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, put a, a Snapchat thing. filter on me and I pass better. <laughs> I think it's true. <laughs> I have to shave before <laughs> to shave a little bit, but other than that, those crimson lips, man. <laughs> Okay, I have another item to update from last week because I love this. I didn't give it a lot of attention last week because it was so much stuff going on in this, on all the protests, riots, whatever in DC and in Seattle and just the chaos of Trump's inaugural. But that kid, that kid who was on Fox News who started a fire outside of, outside of Deplorable in DC and, and he was interviewed, hey, why'd you start this fire? Because uh, I felt like it and screw our president. So there's more. I, I want to play him again because I'm glad I get to play this again. Because last week I asked, will somebody please thug life this kid for me? So it gave me an excuse to do that. But if you missed, this is the kid we're talking about. This, uh, this fire was started. In fact, this young man, you were participating in the fire. What's your name? Uh, my name's Carter and I actually start, kind of started this fire. So why would you start that fire, Carter? Because I felt like it and because I'm just uh, saying, screw our president. Da, 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 da. Well, there's more to this story. This kid is Drew Carey's son. <laughs> Specifically, Drew Carey's girlfriend's son. He's like adopted father. There's Drew Carey and Connor. Uh, apparently, Drew and, and Connor's mom are quite upset with Connor's behavior that night. There's a, if you want to check it out, there's a, it's not that interesting, but Drew does an interview with TMZ and talks about some of his political leanings and stuff. I guess he supports Gary Johnson. Um, oh, he's not, really? Yeah, he wasn't there to protest. He was actually there um, eating dinner and then he was setting, he was going to do some vets benefit later. Uh, so I don't want to, 
unfortunately it's not like drew carey was out there sjwing it up or something but because I, I wanted to make a joke you know like don't talk don't talk to drew or his girlfriend's son ever ever again but he's not he's not really pissed off about this so i, I gotta be fair to mr yeah. carey but just what a strange weird coincidence i guess uh, what a this... shitty little kid come on <laughs> You know what it reminds me of? Uh, that little kid that stole his grandma's car, and then he's like, I like to do hood rat things with my friends. Oh, I haven't that? seen that one, no. Oh, that I was need, years ago. I need to check that out. I mean, one thing that is that does um, bum me out about these protests, and we didn't talk about it much last week, but if you look at the Women's March in particular, there were tons of little girls with just political indoctrination yeah. signs. Right. And this is an example where it doesn't look like Connor was indoctrinated by Drew Carey. He just kind of ventured into the crowd and participated in the degeneracy and, I don't know, wanted to say screw our president. Uh, well, little boys want to start fires, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's kind of um, young mischief more than political motivation. But it is always a bummer <laughs> to, for me when I feel like kids are being propped up as political tools. In this case... Um, I don't know, just weird happenstance, but uh, it's a clip that I intend to save because I want to use that soundbite in the future, so I'll hang on to it. <laughs> anyway, we can move on to some uh, issues people actually care about. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> some people tune into this show for like important things. I don't know who they are, but they say they exist. No, they don't. Who, who said that? Who's like, I get my news from Blonde and Matt. I have heard that that tweet has been sent to me. I'm not calling people out, but I said, I don't want that responsibility. Okay. I don't, I'm my, my goal is to entertain you more than like 50% of the alternatives and um, inform you with things that are more accurate than not. But I reserve the right not to apologize or retract when they're wildly inaccurate. That's basically. That is quite the disclaimer on the show. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I go duct with. duct tape operation. How much time do we spend berating our own show? What's up? <laughs> if you can't, on a serious note, if you can't make fun of yourself, if you can't laugh at yourself, you got problems. Um, what's the problem with the social justice church? Can't laugh at itself. What's the problem with Islam? Can't laugh at itself. So if I want to separate myself from those intellectual diseases, <laughs> I need to make fun of myself uh, early and often throughout the show. <laughs> you want to... Um, I, I'm, I feel like I have 50% sufficient in, in information to talk about this immigration order. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to botch it, but, um, it but... <clears throat> it's exactly what I expected. And so I guess I was not too super interested in it. I mean, I knew that the general public would react like this was a Muslim ban. Um, it's obviously not. Uh, I've watched many videos about that today. Everybody's like, this is clearly not a Muslim ban. So what did he, he pick seven countries, Obama pick seven countries. Right. I do want to get into that. So we've got Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. Um, some of these are 120 day uh, bans of entry. People coming from those countries. Some are 90 days. Refugees generally are going to be blocked 120 days and Syrian refugees blocked indefinitely though. That's my understanding of the terms here. Um, to your point, the question becomes well, why these countries, why these countries? And <laughs> to, to help us answer that question, we, tune, we, we turn to reliable reporter and friend of the show. Let's pull her up. That's right. Uh, Mike's Sarah Harvard. <laughs> so what's Sarah got to say on this? Uh, Donald Trump didn't come up with the list of Muslim countries he wants to ban. Obama did. And I'm, I'm using this article to kind of just reference Mike for a gag. But this is actually the source. Uh, the source is President Obama's 2015, uh, what, Terrorism Protection Act uh, legislation. It basically um, suspended uh, visa waivers 
to these seven countries. And now Trump's uh, executive order goes one step further and says, you're not going to come here uh, for this period of time while we kind of figure out if we can vet people from these places or not. So it's kind of one step above uh, an outline that Obama had created. <laughs> I, uh, the fact that, that Mike is setting things straight on that, on that end is uh, really interesting to me. I find that hilarious. But, um, but you're, you're right. The hysteria is setting in here. This is certainly not um, a Muslim ban. There's no religious test. It's about certain right. countries in particular. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there are some, I don't know, 50 Islamic nations, majority Islamic nations that are not included on this. It's not a religious test. Uh, right, right. Note that Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Indonesia, a number of countries are not on here. Um, I don't right. even know how this could be perceived as a Muslim ban. Well, they are they're majority Muslim. Uh, that's that's what it seems to go. Mm. They seem to go with. I don't know. But in case I do think the question of why these countries is still an interesting one, even if it's just Obama's selection, um, because the Huffington Post, I want to show us. I see a lot of items, um, media items circulating. For instance, the Huffington Post saying there have been no fatal terror attacks in the U.S. by immigrants from the seven banned Muslim countries. Well, yeah, that's true. It is. I mean, we think fatal terrorist attacks. You think pretty much Saudi Arabia and 9-11 mm-hmm. and maybe a few other examples. But um, looking into this, it, it, there's certainly when we're talking about security and the security risk that comes from unvetted immigrants from certain countries, it's well beyond just fatalities. I mean, we're talking about all kinds of crime and we're talking about what they can contribute when they get here and the degree to which they integrate. And if you look at data from Norway and Finland and some of these European countries that have opened the door to a lot of these places, uh, the data are going to be hard to read on the stream here. I apologize. It's kind of small. But some of the countries that top the list uh, in terms of immigrants coming in and committing violent crime and property crime, uh, Somalia, Iran, Iraq, uh, Libya, uh, a lot of these countries top those lists. So that's a concern, perfectly rational, reasonable concern. They also tend to have higher rates of unemployment in these countries from those uh, when they when they visit Europe or they immigrate to Europe, they tend to have higher unemployment rates. If Den- Denmark, Norway, and Sweden are any indicator, Somalia, Syria, Iraq, Iran, higher unemployment rates than than um, immigrants from other countries. So, perfectly rational reasons beyond Obama's choice why uh, these places would be selected. But I feel like I'm getting too far into the details here because ultimately, to me, this question just comes down to. Does a country have a right to secure its borders and decide who comes in or doesn't, or does it not? Yes. I mean, as most things, I I am upset at our inability to apply the standards that we set for other countries in our own country. Like we would never go to another country and be like, I have the right to live in your country, to take welfare from your country. Even I I have the right to travel to your country. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, Of course, a country has the right to retain their border integrity in any way that they want to. <clears throat> I think that's part of the fraud too of a lot of these protesters. Well, why not Saudi Arabia? Why not Pakistan? And I agree, maybe there are rational reasons that those places would be um, restricted for the same reasons these are. But don't tell me right. you're not protesting in the street if if they said, okay, Saudi Arabia and Pakistan too. Oh, well, that's that's fair. All right, uh, I'll go home right. now. I'll throw my sign in the trash and go home. No, of course not. They don't care about that. They just care about. I, I guess my mind was boggled. Uh, reading into this and a lot of the protest hysteria because 
when you get down into the details, to me, I think these protests only make sense if you think anybody and everybody has the right to come here whenever they want. They don't make sense if you believe in borders or if you believe in just having a country generally. Um, and I thought that was kind of a straw man, but no, that's actually their position. Uh, check this out. This is, they're, they're at the airports here. This one at SFO this weekend. No borders, no nation, fuck deportation. And oh also God. you'll notice in there, there was a never forget sign. I assume referencing Ooh. the Holocaust. When you pan over that audience, did you notice that it's just like pussified men and fat feminists, the whole audience? <laughs> These people are going to take down the world. Fat women and men wearing tiny pants. Oh, I don't understand. I mean, I okay. I understand the surface level desire to be welcoming to try to help the world's people who are struggling i get that impulse and i know you're gonna you're gonna frown on me and whatever <laughs> sorry but the, the but the reality is i mean how what percent of the world lives in conditions that are in need of rescuing i mean we can't take them all we cannot do it we can't save them all we can't just open up borders and everyone comes in and suddenly everyone has a high standard of living it's just not possible it can't be done right right and study after study shows that foreign aid is ineffective as well um so i don't know why we think that bringing importing these cultures with all these problems into our own country is going to not import all of these problems why do we think that god i don't know i don't know and if you uh, just follow the logic through these people seem incapable of, of thinking about the country in the long term well like and everything all, will just work out and they always apply this ridiculous standard to our country that they don't apply to anybody else, as you mentioned exactly, earlier. Yeah. Um, the one thing that gets me is, let's find this here. Uh, here's, a, here's a list of the countries that do not accept Israeli passports. <laughs> How funny. Iran, Iraq, uh, Syria, Libya. Oh, yeah. The usual culprits that are part of our restriction here. Well, they don't let the Jews in, but you know we don't, uh, we don't seem to care about that. It would be equally accurate to call this a religious test. Um, because they ban the Israelis. Yeah. We don't, we don't seem to care. We don't seem to care about that standard. And then I think, um, I think a lot of the hypocrisy okay. too, just on the, the standards to which we hold each individual president. I thought Owen really nailed this, uh, friend mm -hmm. of the show, Owen Schroyer. Obama orders fatal drone strikes in the Middle East, zero protests. Trump issues non-fatal temp travel ban from the Middle East, protests everywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Not to mention, Obama did the same thing in 2011, suspended the Iraqi refugee uh, program while we were trying to figure out how to vet those people coming in. Six months there. Trump's not talking about six months. He's talking about uh, 120 days max. Now, maybe that gets extended. I don't know. My point is, you just got to be consistent about these things. And it, the, the outrage is so selective. These people are so mad about this thing that has happened before um, and they weren't mad about it then. I will say this. Um, the other thing I want to talk about on this, I, I think if I believe, I absolutely believe there's nothing wrong with, uh, with this policy um, in terms of like morality or I'm not qualified to speculate on the legality, but my understanding is it's been done before. There shouldn't be a legal question other than the way this was implemented. 
you had people, the reason a lot of these protests were at airports is because you had people coming in through legal means. Then they get here, then this executive order goes into effect, and now all of a sudden they're like subject to deportation. And they, they, they don't know if they can stay here, they don't know if they can't, because they've come here through 100% legally, and now they have to go because of a, an immediate change in the way the law is going to be enforced. I'm not saying that's wrong, but I do think it was botched because it gives credibility to a lot of these protesters and it puts people who followed the law in kind of a legal flux. They're just but how of, many people was that? Uh, you could probably count them on two hands. It's, I mean, it's certainly not a lot, but it is some. And it, yeah. it should have been it should have been planned better. Lateral damage. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to be fair because I'm not going to pretend like it was done perfectly. The... Uh, and, and if anything, I just don't, I wish our airports would be running smoothly. How about that? If I'm traveling, I don't want to deal with this crap at the airport. Now maybe he's just mad because he's so organized. That's, that's yeah. what angers him about this. Maybe these protesters would be doing what they're doing. I'm sure they would be doing what they're doing regardless, but maybe they might not be at the airport. And if only for that purpose, for that guy who's just trying to, you know, take his business trip and get there easily. Cause uh, we could do a whole podcast on my irritation um, with, airports and airplanes it seems like all concepts of human ethics and decency are suspended in the context of an airport or airplanes and i just if let me say all i'll say is this if you're one of those people who reclines their seats without kind of giving someone a heads up before you do it double middle fingers to you that is my space yeah i give it to the person in front of me too you're wrong no 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 i'm not saying you can't (laughs) <laughs> there was a guy who invented a barricade to make it so you 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 had to stop that you that couldn't is do it. Bullshit. <laughs> no, okay, I'm not saying you can't. What I am saying is it is wildly impolite to not even check because you got drinks and computers and all this stuff on that tray. And I've had my computer almost smashed. I've almost spilled a drink on my computer because people don't even do anything and just whack backwards. Well, I not use cool. it back. I just I don't want to talk to anybody. I just slowly. Well, and it's such oh, it's my space. Yeah, I'm glad that you put the person <laughs> behind you like me, long-legged person significantly at much more discomfort because you need like three inches more of an incline angle. That three inches is really important. Okay. Especially for sleeping. You're we'll wrong ha- about we'll, this. We'll hash this out another time because we got so much to get through tonight. We're almost halfway through the show. That's really all I got on the, on the executive order. Um, you want to well, talk no, about Keith me, Oberman? I, I do. Um, oh, there's a couple of things I did have in the notes too about the executive order. I did want to touch in. I lied. I had a couple more things. Some of the arguments really pissed me off of people. These people saying, "Oh, you're going to radicalize way more terrorists by saying they can't come here whenever they want, or whatever." I hate this dumb argument. It's like, well, they should be able to come here because they're peaceful and and they pose no threat. But by the way, if you don't let them come here, they'll try to kill you because they're peaceful and they pose no threat. Uh, I don't get it. Stop making that argument. Anyway, bottom well, it line, takes the personal responsible the personal responsibility away from the terrorist. It's like, well, you created this person. Like, what? I know I did. So, and it's so dumb. Like, I, I I would like. I've never, as I always say, I've never been off this damn continent. I went to Vancouver and Whistler, British Columbia once. That's the most foreign trip I've ever taken. But I'd like to go to Europe at some point. I'd like to go. I don't know different parts of the world. Australia certainly. But I don't think it is my right to do that. If Australia right. said, sorry, mate, that's terrible. I'm not going <laughs> to. If Bering and Sugar Tits said to me, you know, sorry, mate, you can't come here. I'd be like, you know, 
that's okay. You don't have a right to come into my house unless I tell you you can. So you don't have a right to come into our sovereign country unless we tell you you can. It's, and I certainly would not have terroristic impulses towards European countries or Australia or anyone else if they said, sorry, no American visitors, especially for now. Right. For now. It's not even ever. By the way, if they want ever, that's fine. I mean, they're not going to get my money in that context, too. I'm not going to take my vacation there. But who am I kidding? This is a duct tape operation. I don't have money for a vacation. Vacation? So it's... What? <laughs> that's all I got. Now that's seriously all I got. <laughs> but you referenced Keith Olbermann. I did. I uh, hear he's going crazy again. He has. I, I think this is going to be a recurring bit, actually. So it's on his... He's He works for GQ's YouTube channel. Am correct. I correct? He has a show now called The Resistance. You might see him looking like a homeless person draped in the American flag. Because yeah, yeah. he's a, a resistance, a hobo of the resistance. <laughs> and he and used to be on CNN. MS, MSNBC, and he's also on ESPN. And I think even... Uh, um, NBC, he did like Sunday night football stuff. He's done sports and politics for a long time. Mm. Uh, in my opinion, much better at sports. I actually do like his voice and kind of his presentation. And there was a one, there was a time in my life back in my um, rebellious liberal days, uh, you know, my college commie days that uh, I liked Keith Olbermann uh, for his ideas too. But those days are long past because we're going to get now an ironic Let's put it this way. Keith Olbermann ironically diagnosing someone else's mental health. How about that? Hmm. Hmm. And now <laughs> with a message from the intern desk of the propaganda ministry, here's Keith Olbermann. Scum! Russian scum! It's time for Donald Trump to resign as president. Admittedly, it's been an interesting couple of days. But for any patriotic American capable of adding two and two and not getting one and a half million, this is enough. Trump has proved that not only will he lie to America about anything big or small, but that just as importantly, he will lie to himself about anything big or small. That is the kind of man who could convince himself that it would be just fine to start a nuclear war. He's crazy. We will all be lucky to survive having had him in charge. And even if we do survive, it will still be the greatest crisis of our lives, all our lives. This is not about policies or conservative or liberal or rigged systems or marches or making America great again. This is about a man not in his right mind who now has nuclear weapons. It is the greatest crisis of all of our lives right now. But together we can fix it peacefully. He just has to resign. Or if he won't, there are provisions for the Republicans to remove him because he is so sick. We can fix it. And then we can sleep at night again. And you and I can go back to yelling at each other about politics and enjoying ourselves again. I thank you for listening. Your thoughts? Wow. Did he broadcast that from his asylum room? It's got a sizable YouTube audience. I that mean, is the high level paranoid thinking like what? what? Yeah, and I the love... fact that anybody can say that Trump has his finger on the nuclear trigger after supporting Hillary is just what? How do you how do you, I don't even I, know what to say to this? Yeah, we can do this peacefully. Yeah, we already did. It was the election. You lost. When he says we can do this peacefully, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to 
uh, interpret that as him implying <laughs> that if it's not done peacefully, it will be done otherwise. I, I don't know what he means when he says that because you lost the peaceful decision-making process. Get yeah, over it. Yeah. And he doesn't even say specifically why he should resign just because he's crazy. Well, yeah, and his evidence is the the crowd size, the dick measuring crowd size contest. <laughs> and he takes that. I mean, his reasoning is he lied about the crowd size, which is disputed. So after we did the call-in show, I guess I haven't followed this story. I think you and I are both hugely annoyed by that story in general. But I guess what Sean Spicer said was it was the most viewed inauguration when you count attendance and like web traffic, web streaming. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't care. I don't care I don't about care either, yeah. dick measuring between the media and Donald Trump. And I'm I'm sure there's probably some degree of exaggeration on the part of the Trump administration. But to take that to take that stupid fight and say that this definitely means nuclear war and the greatest the greatest crisis of all of our lives is he, is what he says. That's you hysterical. Go, it's just hysterical. To, what is he you, trying to do? What's his end game? Or do you think he's really just embracing this emotional state? How do you go this hyperbolic? I mean, what does he say? He must believe it. He must believe what, it. What does he say when stuff actually gets bad? I mean, what is he going to say then? I guess I was right. I, I don't know. When you go this hyperbolic, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to take you seriously on anything ever again. He's trying to incite a riot. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I mean, he, has, I mean, he has not incited violence yet, but this weird, like, we can do this peacefully talk is getting it's it was cryptic it's teetering right? it's teetering yeah. and then that. i love the end too uh then we can sleep at night again do you <laughs> you lose sleep because of trump are you serious i sleep like a baby at night <laughs> let me tell you what <laughs> especially since inauguration i wake up every morning i'm like all well rested oh it's awesome i wouldn't have <laughs> lost sleep over hillary that's uh, i would have i'm not a professional but i would say seek help if you lose sleep over the president I don't know. I mean, I was freaking out about a Hillary, the potential for a Hillary presidency. Yeah, well, you're clinical. We all know that. So. <laughs> it's true. Um, the other, I don't know if Keith is a direct hypocrite on this, but uh, certainly some people of his persuasion are. Remember when diagnosing Hillary was like way out of bounds? And I agree. Right, it's, right. If you're not a professional, if you're not a medical professional, stay away from the diagnosing. We can all observe as layman. Certainly what we saw at the 9-11 memorial and her seizure and getting dumped into the car was like, yeah, that that doesn't look like a healthy person, but don't don't do the whole Parkinson's or whatever. She right. she had an epileptic seizure. We don't we don't know. But clearly, he has no problem doing that. He has no problem making a medical diagnosis, at least generally. Based yeah, what did on, he say? He's crazy. He's a, he's an insane man. He needs to resign. Yeah, he said he's sick. He's he said sick. he's sick. Yeah. Oh, the rantings of a lunatic. That is yeah. gold. He'll be back. I mean, I I think Keith is going to. So he has like a show on. Does, does he appear weekly or what's his? Uh, I, don't, I don't know how frequently they're there, but it's called The Resistance. It's on the GQ channel. And like I said, it gets a lot of views and it is controversial. But you go there and I think when I visited the, to, to pull this clip, I just I wrote something in the comments like I love the butt hurt circle jerk in the comments. Because <laughs> that's all it is. It's a bunch of like deranged people that actually believe the things that he's saying uh, believe absolute nonsense. So thanks for the sound bites, Keith. Uh, keep up the show. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for the, you're filling, you're filling time around here. <laughs> Appreciate that. Okay. Uh, beyond the immigration issue, 
The other big controversy this week is uh, the YouTube controversy. I know you were involved a little bit in this on Twitter, and that's how I found out about it. Well, okay, I generally don't put my oar in when it comes to infighting with um, YouTubers because I don't care, and it's just a bad way. You alienate people in your audience, and then you have to deal with floods of comments for days, and it's like, why bother? But I did watch Thunderfoot's video on Lauren Southern, and um, it seemed like it was just like, the schizophrenic ranting of like, like I just couldn't even believe what I was hearing. He didn't make any good point about uh, anything that she had said that was really off base. All she said was that this was an anti-Trump march and people were breaking stuff and saying, fuck Trump, fuck Trump. So it wasn't like the worst mischaracterization I've ever heard. And she immediately was like, okay, I just misspoke. Um, but he still made like a 40 minute video. He calls her the dumbest reporter in history. Um, he says that she might as well be a Westboro Baptist church. Is, is, yeah. or is that what he said? Yeah, You're, I pulled, I'll, I've got the clips good to go if you want to get But it seemed like a, like a really crazy overreaction to me. Um, so I, so oh, yeah. I, t I went to social blade and like saw, uh, you know, what was happening to his subscriber base. And it's just like plummeting. He's lost like thousands of subs every day since he released that video. And so I screenshot that and tweeted it. And I'm like, uh, watch uh, Thunderfoot's schizophrenic analysis of Lauren Southern um, and the alt-right, because he calls her alt-right, which is way off base. And he tweeted back uh, to me and he said, um, everyone was laughing and calling me schizophrenic when I called out feminism in the first place. Deal with it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I was like, all right, whatever. He just seems like he's kind of uh, melting down, like he's having like a pers like a personal problem maybe. I don't know. I don't know. This um I'll I'll just I'll play the clips and then we'll break it down a little bit. Um I I got problems with it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and I'll talk about them after we see exactly what we're talking about. So this is Oren Southern, and she's gonna show us how a real journalist functions, how a alt-right journalist functions by covering this anti-Trump rally and just how violent it was. This is the worst form of protest I've ever seen. Rocks? Oh, they've got rocks here. Oh my God, okay. Okay, yeah. Let's, hammers, holy crap. Holy fuck, riot police are coming in. This is what the anti-Trump movement is. Yeah, there's just one tiny tinsy problem with this, Lauren. They're anarchists. This is what the anti-Trump movement is. Calling anarchists an anti-Trump rally is kind of like calling atheists anti-Christian. I mean, I wouldn't want to tell someone holding a microphone how to be a reporter. But the first giveaway that they're anarchists is that they're all holding anarchist flags. It also beggars belief that Lauren Southern can be following around an anarchist protest and unironically say several times that, oh no, this is anarchy. This is complete anarchy. It is total anarchy in the streets right now. This is not peaceful protest. This is anarchy. Well, this is anarchy by this um, anti-Trump protest. This is what the anti-Trump movement is. Dumbest reporter ever. Hell, you're not in the same league as Westboro Baptist Church, but it's the same general shtick. I think the right thing to do is to... Okay, and then here Lauren responds to him uh, and uh, he made two videos. I think she uploaded this in between the two. But uh, he made two, Lauren made one. Say that in that part of the video, I most definitely misspoke. And I want to say it loud and clear to the camera that I misspoke. Now, I don't think this was a particularly terrible or just 
life-ruining, career-ruining mistake. You were happy to make these claims about me being dishonest uh, and make plenty of assumptions about what went down in DC, but you still had no interest in having a discussion with me. I attempted to contact Thunderfoot on Twitter, as many of you saw. I attempted to contact him on DM. Uh, no reply, nothing. It's been a while, still waiting on a reply. So... Now, I think the reason that Thunderfoot is not replying to me is because he knows, and I know, that he only had one point in both of his videos. Just one. A point that I am happy to concede on, and have done so publicly on social media, and at the beginning of this video. Ugh. Okay. You want to go first? Um, okay. First of all, Lauren Southern, I mean, she is an amateur reporter. She's 21. She just turned 21. I mean, come on. Like, how much experience is she going to have in these things? And you were at the RNC with me, and I was at the Milo protest. These things are not easy to report on. There is a lot of shit going on. You're scared. You're trying to, like, avoid, you know, having any kind of personal attack on you. Um, you're not always going to be on your game saying exactly the right thing, especially somebody with so little um, reporting experience. And so all she did was misspeak one time. I mean, what is he so up in arms in? Did she mischaracterize anarchists? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Who cares? I, is that really it? And He's I'm just not upset even, about that? I'm not even completely willing to grant that it was a misspeak like Lauren is, but I'll give her credit for that if, she's, if she thinks it was a mistake and she wants to own up to it. Yeah. Two things can be true at the same time. Okay, right. They can be anarchists and anti-Trump and, and anarchists who are particularly pissed off about Trump. Now, Thunderfoot makes a point in one of his videos. Well, hey, look, the anarchists marched at the Obama inauguration too. Check this out. Yeah, they did. Zero arrests. Right. Zero arrests. 230 arrests at the Trump inauguration. So a riot is not a riot. Protest is not a protest. Riot is not a riot. Scale very different here. So you can find clips we played one last week fuck trump smash stuff you can be an anarchist who is motivated by hatred for trump now maybe it's unfair right. for lauren to say this is what the anti-trump movement looks like maybe that's an exaggeration and she should walk that back it seems that she's willing to do that that's fine but i have beyond the idea that i don't think it's really much of a misspeak at all i have two Neither problems do I. I i think she probably walked it back too much she calls them anarchists multiple times and uh i was in that crowd at the milo thing it was like a group of people that identified as communists and then it was a group of like anarcho whatever it, it was it was different factions but it was all the same leftist shit i mean i i don't really care it, this is an anti-trump movement because the inauguration and the surrounding events are what spurned this yeah. So how much of a mischaracterization is it really for her? And Lauren made that point too, which is like, well, I'm sorry that I didn't go. And there's the anarcho-capitalists and there's the anarcho-communists. Right. And, and he literally the, said every person has a flag. I looked at a group of like hundreds of people in that clip and I, thought, I saw maybe like three, three flags. What does he mean? Every person has a flag. That's an insane thing to say. I don't know. He treats things as mutually exclusive when I don't think that they are. Right. Um, but, but beyond that, that I don't think the mistake is as big as he seems to think. I have two major problems with him, uh, his, his points in his videos. One is that he attributes the mistake to malice or like deliberate, uh, a deliberate attempt to mislead when there's no evidence of that. He, he, right, right. Dumbest reporter ever. Oh, she's here to push an agenda. And it's like, I don't, I don't know, man. I think she just made one comment in the heat of the moment. Right. And you're, you're stretching this out into 40 minutes of video time. To her point, you have one point. He, and that's what he has. One point one explained point, right. over 40 minutes. And by Even the way, I think she said point. it once. I think she, she did, said yeah. it one time. Although so she called them anarchists multiple times. 
She, yeah, well, she called the situation anarchy. And I love that he says that too, to unironically call it anarchy. Well, yeah, but it's true. She, it's not, there's, not, there's no irony here. She's just calling anarchy anarchy. It's true. Um, and then the other big problem I have with him is, of course, anybody can call out anybody for any reason. He can, he's welcome to make that criticism of her. I don't have a problem right. with that at all. I do have a problem with picking a fight with someone, calling her the dumbest reporter ever, saying that she uses the same um, provoca- uh, tactics to provoke as Westboro Baptist Church. That's and the then, insane thing. And then not not doing a stream or a discussion or a debate with her. And then I don't have the tweet, but on Twitter, I quoted it last night on Twitter. He just says, well, there's no, it's not really public interest in us doing a stream. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's he said really that uh, his interest. people want him to aim for higher targets, yeah. higher value targets. I'm like, whatever, Why dude. would you make the videos in the first place? Yeah, and it's, yeah. And it, it's just such crap too. Like, oh, I sit atop this mountaintop and I only aim for high value targets. Sorry, Lauren Southern, the, the reporter who writes books and has a following of you know, hundreds of thousands of people basically. And uh, is, is an internet celebrity for, uh, on a higher tier than pretty much anybody. Yeah. You're not good enough to come to the mountaintop to, to, to discuss with me, even though you are of public interest enough for me to rip you right. on my channel. I don't for get days, that. Yeah. And let alone the hypocrisy of him being up in arms that she's incapable of properly defining what an anarchist is while calling her alt-right, which she is not. She's not. She's not alt-right. I've never heard anybody like literally, you know, try to make an argument that she's alt-right. I've never heard her call herself that. Well, and, and that's a, that's maybe. a shot at people of that political persuasion, too, because he's just using that label to assign to her as basically an ad hominem to say, like, look, she's a biased, agenda driven, crazy person, just like the rest of the alt right. I mean, that's yeah, the but you can't get all butt hurt over identity politics and then use identity politics as a tool in the same argument. He doesn't even realize his own hypocrisy. He's gone yeah. full retard as far as far as I'm concerned. I'll never watch another one of his videos. Um, was he like this all along? I mean, I mean I feel like this I, is I've never thing. watched his stuff regularly, so I wouldn't I mean, be able to I comment. I watched it like long ago and then he did some crazy Brexit shit and I was like, Ooh, this guy seems retarded. And so I didn't watch for a long time. Um, picked up a few videos and then I guess I was, I was still subbed to him, I think when this happened and I was like, nah, never again, never again. Although I did probably deserve that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Roaming millennial. So sweet. She like retweeted it and she's like, you need to apologize for calling her a bitch. And I was kind of over here like, uh, uh, no, it's okay. I, I am. And my name is Libtard. And so I don't think I can be like, no name calling <laughs> you fucking retards. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, it's bad form. You know, I, I think the analysis is bad, but you're welcome to make bad analysis. I've done it. We've all done it. You make bad analysis. Yeah, that's fine. But like she wanted to hash it out with him after. Um, yes. And then he's like, you're just too small a target after he spent a week just immersed in her shit. It's like, this is just inconsistent social justice warrior nonsense. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's highly controversial. I mean, I've seen a lot of people that are team Thunderfoot on this too. I don't know if they're Thunderfoot loyal people or or what but um it's certainly not plenty of people see it differently than we do and and um you know i i'm not going to say that his argument is without any merit whatsoever he makes a point you know that well if if this happened um well this happened 20 in 2012 they 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 marched would you have called that anti-obama eh kind of but i agree that it's maybe not the most precise there is an argument there i don't think it's that this meaningful. is a different political climate and this and he just makes, blew it out of proportion 
Yeah, but this is anti-Trump. This is an anti-Trump movement. I mean, it's the manifestation of all of this energy against Trump. And that's that's yeah. why these protests are happening. And so I don't I, I maintain that I don't think this is much of a mischaracterization. I, I agree. I'm just trying to give the position as much credit as possible, um, even though I think it's his implementation of his argument is just a disaster. I think it's completely dishonest. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I wish and he, he just seems like him. a real douche on a, on a personal level. <laughs> Well, he started the name calling, so um, so we can go with that. That's all I got on that. I'd be interested to hear what people think. I, I suspect our audience is mostly Team Southern. Uh, maybe there's some Team Thunderfoot people. I don't know. Maybe maybe some people are split. Um, if the YouTube reaction is any indicator, there's certainly no unanimity on this. Although you and I uh, agree, so you know what else is causing controversy. <laughs> Who or you know what? what else is causing public outrage? Uh, much funnier, in my opinion. And people, I got several requests on Twitter. You gotta talk Shia LaBeouf. You gotta talk. He will not divide us. And I've seen these clips circulating, but I didn't really get it. I, 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 why is Shia LaBeouf dressed up as a hobo and yelling at people? I, I don't get. I didn't even get why it was funny. And then I looked into it. I sat down last night. I spent some time. I'll look, people want us to talk about this. So I'll look into it. I'll figure it out. Okay. So Shia LaBeouf uh, started what he expects to be a four-year piece of performance art outside of the New York City <laughs> Museum of Moving Images. It is a basically a webcam in a wall that says, he will not divide us. And this entire cult uh, led by him just stands out. He will not divide us. 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 And you're supposed to give testimony to the camera, which is live streamed. My understanding is 24 hours a day, right? On camera all the time. He will not divide us in testimony about how we're going to overcome Trump. Naturally, you could not think of a better trolling opportunity. And that's what this has become. Not only trolling for people to go there and talk about um, the most divisive things possible, namely... Hitlerian ideas. We've become your home for Hitlerian ideas. God damn it. <laughs> well, to blame Chris Matthews and Rachel Maddow. They're the ones who <laughs> brought that term to my attention. So people are, are bringing Hitlerian ideas to Shia LaBeouf and company just to get the reaction. And indeed, one of them provoked a reaction so strong that Shia shoved this guy. It's speculated that this is the cause. But Shia was arrested. He was arrested on misdemeanor assault charges. I think he's free now. <laughs> But it's gotten so chaotic. So I want to share some of the, uh, there's literally infinite clips because the footage <laughs> is pretty much infinite at this point. It's, it's going on forever. And this is just grade A real life trolling, but I've pulled the most important clips um, to check out here. So this first one, so this is actually the, the scene. This is the, it's in the wall. He will not divide us. There's hobo Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> and someone giving testimony into the camera. This is kind of the scene of what it looks like if you're there. Now, this famous first clip is Shia LaBeouf in the face of this kid. Maybe he's a real Nazi. Maybe he's a troll. Who knows? But listen to what the kid is saying, something about securing the future for the white race, and then he just goes all out, praise Keck, praise Keck, in the, <laughs> in the camera. And then uh, there's more. I'll, I'll just explain as we go. Okay, so then this guy, this is allegedly what caused the forthcoming arrest. This guy shows up 
and says something to Shia and gets shoved. I, I've seen this probably 20 times now, and I still laugh when I see it. Hey, what's up? Bang, bang. Hitler did nothing wrong. <laughs> hey! Why, why do you attack me? <laughs> okay, then here's the arrest scene. They're all oh, the, actually he he gives some testimony to the camera, and they all do their here uh, in just cultish fashion. He will not devise. He will not devise. Make this shit okay to be a Nazi out here. That's bullshit, bro. It's not okay. You will not divide us. You will not divide us. You will not divide us. Oh yeah, here comes Kool Aid. Here comes Kool Aid. That's the Kool Aid delivery for the cult. And then you see back there, there's Shia in the middle of the screen. Um, and the police officers are coming to arrest him. And he's taken away. He will not divide us. But the cult followers are there to carry on the message. Now, beyond this, the security has become an issue. I don't have the pictures. I don't have the footage. But they've actually built a wall. They've built a wall. And <laughs> he will not divide us. A fence, a barricade, because it's gotten too crazy. Uh, don't don't lose that irony, but um, oh my, my God, God. grade A real life trolling. I wish I could make a visit to this site. This is awesome. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. Oh man, what did you expect from Shia LaBeouf though? I don't know. I haven't seen. I mean, the last thing I saw with him in it was like Transformers, the first one, and mm. um, I've never been a LaBeouf guy. But the one thing he says beyond the, the cultish chanting, that's just ridiculous. This ritualistic cult behavior. Um, Yo man, people out here being Nazis. How are we going to make that? Okay, man. That's not okay. Yeah. Sorry, shy. It is okay. It is. It's okay to be a Nazi. As long as you're not hard. It's okay to be a Nazi in your thoughts and in your head. Sorry. It is. It's okay to troll, be a Nazi troll. It's okay to be a real Nazi. None of those things are illegal. What is illegal is shoving people. Now, I grant that was a weak sauce shove, and I'm not saying like, oh, how dare he for that. But, um, but he's so far, I don't, I don't know how many arrests there have been. I, I know he yeah. got arrested for violence. That was some Sam Hyde level trolling right there. <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed. That one first kid, though, the praise cack, praise cack, just going <laughs> crazy. All right, that kid, if he believes what he says, that's, I'm fine with it because the comedy was worth it. I do have a serious question. This is such an obvious troll target when you understand what's going on. I didn't get it at first, but when I looked into it, it's like, oh yeah, of course if I lived it within reasonable distance, I'm I'm going down there to go, I don't know, piss some people off, mess with it. It's such an obvious troll target. I have a hard time believing that Shia could not have foreseen this. Hmm. So did he foresee this? No, did he... these Hollywood stars are so disconnected from reality. I don't think he foresaw this at all. Like Shia LaBeouf has a good grasp of reality. Come on. <laughs> I just, um, we were talking about it before the show. I'm so annoyed with this like faux revolutionary Che Guevara. I'm a hobo, but I was in blockbuster movies kind of looks. <laughs> I'm not saying you have no place in advocating for what you believe in, but if you were, even if you're a has-been multimillionaire, wouldn't you rather, I don't know, wear nice clothes and stay home and do fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Not, he's, he's being a hobo. He's living on the street. Get, get tons of cocaine, blow through your millions of dollars like a normal yeah. celebrity. Yeah. Jeez. Come on, Shia. Uh, <laughs> well, at least I could say this. He's my favorite celebrity activist so far. Way better than these stupid videos. <laughs> the, the stupid, um, 
the videos we've seen where they do. At the, least he the gets in on background. the ground. Yeah, yeah. So you know. Okay, uh, Shia I, LaBeouf. Okay. We'll see if it lasts four years. I mean, he's going to be grisly by the end of four <laughs> four New York City winters. I mean, I've not spent time. You've spent time in New York. It gets cold, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They're hellish okay. winters. Yeah. All right. So um, <laughs> good luck to you. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't die. Hopefully they do build a nice secure wall. Couple items we'll get through quickly. I, I uh, the last video I made was on this Sally Boynton Brown who is the state director, the executive director of the Idaho State Democratic Party, just down yonder, over there, the Idaho State Democratic Party. And the Democrats are searching for their new chair. They need to replace Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Donna Brazil with a permanent chair. This lady is running for it. They had a forum, the DNC did, of all the candidates, I think it was Monday, Tuesday in D.C., and she said some plainly insane things in response to a question about Black Lives Matter and basically the role of the races in making decisions and who has knowledge and who doesn't. I've said my piece on it, but I would love to hear what you have to say. So let me, most people have heard it already, but let me just play the clip so people are familiar. This is this week at the Democracy in Color Forum, Democratic Party in Washington, D.C., what should the DNC's messaging strategy be regarding Black Lives Matter? Black Lives Matter, and it makes me sad that we're even having that conversation, and that tells me that white leaders in our party have failed. We cannot smash voices down when they are trying to scream, listen to me, you don't get it. I'm a white woman, I don't get it, and I am listening because that's my job. My job is to listen to the issues. <clears throat> My job is to listen and be a voice. And my job is to shut other white people down when they want to interrupt. My job is to shut other white people down when they want to say, oh, no, I'm not prejudiced. I'm a Democrat. I'm accepting. And I am from Idaho. We are so white. <laughs> so white, right? So please, please, please get a hold of me. Sally at wethednc.org. I need schooling. And I depend on you and the people around our community to do that so that I can go school the other white people. <laughs> Your thoughts, God. Blonde Fear? Well, outside of that being so cringe, this, is, this pisses me off because she's not only saying that white people are not allowed to protect their own interests, she's saying that they do not have any understanding of other people's race. Um, just because of the color of their own skin. Like, isn't that the most racist concept of them all? Like, you're too stupid to understand or to empathize with any any person's experience because of the color of your skin. Yeah. That's astonishing to me. This is the most racist shit I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and as I said, this is, this is my formal divorce from the Democratic Party. And it's not just because she's a loon. She is a loon. If you want my full thoughts, you can check them out. It's the most recent video on my I channel. I've seen a TED Talk with her before. Maybe. I don't know. It's possible. I, I, this is, but, this is outrageous. It's the, it's not just that she's a loon. It's the fact that everyone there applauds what she says yeah. and that this is now mainstream thought in the democratic party. I'm not going back. I won't consider going back until the response is boo, get off the stage. Boo, yeah. you racist. No, but this is also perfect because this is the epitome of, you know, the culmination of the reasons that Democrats have just lost and lost and lost because white people are sick of being told they can't protect their own interests and they don't have a right to do that. And eventually everybody was like, uh, fuck you guys. Um, so if they continue to put people up like this, they're just going to detonate more quickly. So yeah. 
And by the way, nobody on the stage, uh, I summarize some of my thoughts. Why is she, she's saying, I can't understand these. So I'm going to defer to black people and you guys can tell me what to do. Why are you running for leader? Yeah. Just just concede to those black people behind you. Let's just deal, not deal with this charade. Um, and then it's just so, classic virtue signaling too. I mean, she yeah. berates her own community. Yeah, and to your point, they, every Iowa. single one of the people on the stage endorsed Black Lives Matter without qualification. Without question. Every and single one. Right. So to your point, it's like, oh yeah, absolutely. Identity politics for you guys. Have but at it. Else. You, but yeah, white people, no way. Yeah. No way. I just want some consistency. It makes me sad to ask if Black Lives Matter. Of course they matter. Is that what she said? Yes. This is just pandering. This is just straight up pandering. Like she actually cares about the black community. You think that her heart is filled with love for black people? No, she's just worried about her own image like every and, other and Democrat. I would be insulted if I was black too. That you've taken an ideology, political ideology, Black Lives Matter, and you've tied it to a race such that if you're black, you support Black Lives Matter. And just think about this component of what she's saying too, which is my job is to listen to people of color. Right, because they all agree. I mean, they all agree. They're a monolith, and they're all going to give you a directive, a unified directive, because they all agree on Black Lives Matter, right? Every black person I've ever talked to agrees on Black Lives Matter. There's no variation in their endorsement or criticism of the movement. This is, it's it for me. It's it for me. Can you imagine what a tough gig it is to be a black conservative? That must yeah, be I, just so hard. Well, it's some of the most racist stuff I've heard. Your Uncle Tom, your coon. Right. Yeah. yeah. To yeah, black the, 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 um, yeah, black people who deviate from what is supposedly ideologically acceptable, get a huge amount of absolute drivel thrown at them and it sucks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did email Sally Boyton Brown. She asked for input. I did email her and I was actually respectful. You know, my style, I was respectful <laughs> and, um, you know, nothing, nothing back. The other thing, the last thing on her, um, you probably saw, but her response was, she was asked several times to clarify she st- she said, I stand by my words. And she also says, I was attacked by the alt-right. <laughs> what? Not everybody is alt-right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, everyone's ripping her. Everyone's criticizing. Oh, the alt-right is after me. No. And I guess she's saying people went after her children and stuff. Maybe that's true in an isolated context. And if they did, that's not cool. People shouldn't do that. But, lady, you can't tell people that they do or do not know things on account of their race or they can talk about things or not on account of their race and then expect your inbox to be filled with like right thank right. thank you for for telling me i have no business talking about things because my skin color does not allow it thank you right right i know this also gives huge leeway to white nationalists i don't know how they, how they can't see that I, yeah you want to play hard identity politics in one direction it just it pushes people to identity politics in the opposite so, and I've heard you say it many times, it's either identity politics for everyone or for no one. Yep. So take your pick. I would prefer no one personally. I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know either, really. I'm I would prefer for no that. one. I would prefer that we are all Americans with American values and but the question of skin tone is the irrelevant. The thing about that is that that's not, I think that that's not people's uh, default position. I think that people are tribalistic. Well, I think people asking people to forget about race in favor of culture is just something that we won't ever be able to achieve. I, I heard I heard John Stewart talk about that of all people talking about the Trump phenomenon. I forget who he's being interviewed with, but he said you got to recognize that people are tribalistic by nature, and the Great American Experiment is an experiment against human nature, and that's part of what makes it great. And actually, I do appreciate that about yeah. it. Yeah. So that shows a remarkable amount of self awareness. I can't believe that oh, yeah. came out of his mouth. Yeah, John Stewart still gets it. Somebody said to me, "Who was it?" I was. 
was it on the Colin show? We were talking about how the liberals and the left aren't funny anymore. And someone said, yeah, yeah basically died with Jon Stewart. Yeah. And I think there's a lot yeah. of truth to that. Yeah. Um, certainly Trevor Noah. Good God. Oh God. It's just cringe. <laughs> Trevor Noah, John Oliver, uh, certainly not Samantha B. Good Lord. They're just awful. Yeah. Well, women aren't funny. <laughs> okay. Uh, the last, anything else on, um, Sally Boynton Brown? No, no more. Okay. The last item I have is, uh, <laughs> just an amazing piece from, is it Bowling Green? I forget Ohio, the college. Ohio, I think. It's in Bowling Green, Ohio. I forget the name of the college. It might be like Bowling Green State or something. <laughs> Let's find it. So somebody tweets, a student tweets the, uh, the president. Uh, yeah, Bowling Green State University. There's been an active KKK group in Bowling Green, Ohio since 1922. <laughs> How does this promote diversity and inclusion? And she thinks she sees a hood up there in the window, <laughs> like a Klan meeting. Okay, and then the college president gets back to her. Thank you for sharing. We looked into this. We discovered it's a cover on a piece of lab equipment. <laughs> it's basically like a microscope with some kind of covering or hood on it that from the outside looks like a triang triangular shaped piece of cloth. This is classic confirmation bias. <laughs> classic confirmation bias. She wanted to see that, so she saw it. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. And this is the consequence of us cultivating this hysteria over a kkk boogeyman that is not real <laughs> the kkk are having first off the kkk are having meetings period that's not very common in most parts of the country um second off they're doing it on a college campus in the full outfit in a room with open windows lights on like overlooking the the square out there this is um i always compare i always i always compare it to the bigfoot a sighting and the yeah. Bigfoot ideology, the Bigfoot worldview. This it's exactly what it is. People are having Bigfoot sightings because we've conditioned them to think this is real. <laughs> she, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> that should be a wake up call. I mean, look, think of it this way. That's the most, and that's the most significant KKK sighting we've seen in some time. When was the last major KKK sighting right. before this? That's like the most significant one. Yeah, it's because the, the KKK doesn't exist anymore, dude. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that. There's not a lot of depth there. We're already over time, but I appreciate that story. Oh, and the live so chat much. told me that we made it to 1,200 live viewers. Tonight? Is, yeah. That's yeah. killing it. Holy yeah, cow. Yeah, yeah. As far as I knew before, I never check because it makes me nervous, but as far as I knew before, we had only gotten up to like five or 600. So that this would be is, unreal. You know what yeah, it is? Yeah. It's that roaming millennial boost. Yeah. Thanks for the boost, Roaming, if you listen to the show. I don't know. Hey you bring girl. Roaming Millennial on the show and numbers up, 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 up. It's so, true. Because uh, she's she'll... so pretty and sweet. Everyone loves Roaming Millennial. Yeah. Even um, even Angry Mingtow now. But um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, won't, uh, I won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. Um, I will say this. So as a reminder, Tuesday night, Ruben, Dave Rubin on the show. We're going to do an hour with Ruben, talk about his show, talk about... I don't know. I just have a lot of things to talk uh, to ask him about because I consider him part of like the triumvirate that reshaped my political worldview over the last year. Like I think I look at him and Milo and Crowder. I'd probably put Sargon in there too. It's not a triumvirate. You get what I mean. Um, so I got a lot of a, a lot of things I just want to ask him about. So if you want, uh, if you have particular questions too, shoot us an email. I'll take a look and see if we can fit those in. So that'll be Tuesday night. 
Uh, 11 Eastern, 8 Pacific, 1 hour. Dave Rubin. It's like 99% confirmed. So it's possible it might not happen. But I did get a confirmation that he will come on the show. So if it doesn't happen Tuesday, I'm going to guilt trip that dude (laughs) and his producer so hard. So it's going to happen. And then, of course, we're going to have some scheduling oddities the next couple weeks. Because next Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday. So we're not going to do it at the regular time. I don't know what time we'll do this. Maybe we'll even do it Saturday or Monday. Um, So we'll have to figure it out. So stay tuned for when the next episode is going to air. And then, of course, after that, it's the Valentine Super Show. We've got Jeff Holiday, Mem Holiday, uh, Bearing, Tits. They're all going to be on the show. And, of course, with that many people involved, sometimes schedules don't always align. So stay tuned on that one, too. It'll be the weekend of February 11th and 12th, somewhere in there. So for the next couple weeks, we might have some weird scheduling going on. Okay, we did it. Just the two of us somehow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we get it done, but uh, we always do. It's because you pull through and you're good I'm, at the production stuff. You're better yeah, than not gay, Jared. How's that? That's not true. But, you know, I'm learning it. Uh, anyway, thanks as always to our live viewers and live chatters who keep us honest, shit posting away while we try to maintain sincerity. And for the big turnout tonight, that's awesome. If you're listening on YouTube or an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, there's more material you won't find on YouTube on the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, all the rest. They're linked conveniently in the description for you. You can always email us, including questions for the great Dave Rubin. That's beauty and the beta at gmail.com. Take your questions, requests, or suggestions there. I normally say we'll be back next Sunday, but it's just going to be some Sunday in the future. We'll be back <laughs> some Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, I'm really sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not Meet the Press. It's Beauty and the Beta. We'll see you then. <laughs>